It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. Don't at me, Lord of the Rings fans. I'm a vampire and I kill people every day. shot. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be our last. <laughs> it felt appropriate though. <laughs> Hi everyone, wanna know how our evening's gone so far? <laughs> Mostly fine. Yeah. It's, it's what did we watch, Elise? We we've been watching some really, really wonderful TV. Like we really are in the golden age of TV. <laughs> we've been we've been watching Love is Blind this past week. We watched an episode just before talking about uh, Twilight tonight. Mm-hmm. Gonna describe the premise of Love, Love is Blind real quick. Oh boy. Um, it's like the first two thirds of a Black Mirror episode and then they forgot to have the bit where it turns into a horror. Um, <laughs> <laughs> an amount, I don't know how many people were involved initially, of strangers speak to each other in, in pods where they can't see each other, they can only hear each other, and they blind date for a bit. And then if they propose marriage, they're allowed to see each other's faces for the first time. Yep. We're now at the bit where they're meeting the parents of the person they've proposed marriage exactly to. It's exactly as awkward as you did expect. Yeah. We've just been drinking whiskey and watching it. Yep. And I'd highly recommend that to anyone who needs to um, shut off their brain for a bit. Yeah, these are these are annoying times, so you may as well watch some annoying TV. And you know what? This shows me how how... You know how far we've come since Twilight? Mm-hmm. How now relationships are taken so seriously? <laughs> and now we're encouraging good relationships, <laughs> relationship habits. But I, can't even I can't even finish the sentence. <laughs> we're drinking mead. <laughs> it's a mead night. The mead monk is back in Edinburgh. <laughs> Um, I'd like to give a shout out to the Mead Monk. We don't know your name. We don't need to know your name. We love you. We uh, support you. Thank you for the Mead. Uh, to anyone who does not know of the Mead Monk, because you don't live in Edinburgh, um, he's the man who sells mead at the grass market dressed as a monk. And oh, yeah. he's perfect. He's always out for a bit of chit-chat. Yeah. He always lets us try every single mead, even though he knows us, and he knows we've tried every single mead. And he's always like, well, no, try the mint one. Try the ginger one. You know what we should try? The spruce one. It's like, yeah, we've fucking tried them already, mate. <laughs> but we'll Should do it again. Keep on giving us shots at 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Thank you. Thanks, mead monk. We need this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have just, in the last five minutes, found out that... Uh, uh, Holiday, I was like, well, holiday, it was a conference that I was then following with a holiday has been cancelled due to bad health times. So, I'm very happy to have this mead because not only does it contain alcohol, it contains sugar. I get to talk about my favourite movie that I love, Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) We watched Twilight last night and I don't know about you, uh, but I went into it wanting it to be better than I remembered it being. I was so hoping it would be a blast. Yeah, I was I was hoping for more from it. I was hoping that I had been biased towards it as a tween. Yeah. Um, my personal history with Twilight the franchise is that I had an intense but brief love affair with the books one summer. Um, the summer the fourth book was coming out, I was lent the first three by a friend. I read all three of them, bought the fourth one at a store... Uh, the weekend it came out, read it, read them a couple of times that summer, and then that was kind of it for me. And then yeah. the movies came out, I think, a couple years after that. Oh, a couple years. Or no, maybe more of a lag than I think. It was, maybe it was closer than I remember. I mean, if you looked up the dates of when the last book came out and when the first movie came out. Mm. But by the time the movies rolled around, I was kind of over it. I went to see a couple of them in theaters with the friend who had lent me the books. Yeah. Uh, didn't see the last two in theaters. Saw the the second last one on Netflix at some point. Never watched the final one. 
that's my experience with it. So I did really enjoy it for about a summer and then kind of it waned for me quite quickly. I've only had experience with the movies. I remember when I was at like a theatre retreat, because that's the kind of childhood I had. Theatre retreat. Um, what play was it even a retreat for? Was it Calamity Jane? Yes, it was Calamity Jane. I was just a regular background cowboy. Not even that, I was a regular background cowgirl. There's nothing gendered about a cowboy. That's what I would have th- thought, but they didn't give me a gun, they didn't give me a hat. Didn't get to wear spangles on my boots. The only woman who was allowed to do that was Calamity Jane. Ooh, I'm not like the other girls I shoot. That's I had to have my hair curled for that show. And let me tell you, my hair got burnt because I didn't know how to curl it, which is my own fault. Anyway, on this theatre retreat, there was this kid... And he was reading the books and he was trying to explain the whole Team Edward versus Team Jacob thing to me. And he was trying to get me to like choose one, but I hadn't read the books, so I didn't understand. I just distinctly remember him describing it and being like, Jacob seems sexy and fun, but Edward, he's like suave. Read the books, you'll see he's got like a real sort of like suave energy about him. And I was like, alright. So then I watched the movies, I guess two years later. And he wasn't suave. No, suave is not <laughs> anything I'd use to describe Edward Cullen. I watched the first movie at a friend's house. I watched the second movie, I think in class, at Christmas time. Mm. I watched the third movie with my mum on my birthday because, like, everyone else in my friendship group was doing exams. Mm-hmm. So they were doing maths, and mm-hmm. I wasn't doing maths at A-level. So I went with my mum to the cinema, and we were like, oh, Twilight should be alright. Mum was interested because it's got M- Michael Sheen in it, and mum likes Michael Sheen. And she's correct. Yeah, she's right. Michael Sheen plays an Illuminati vampire in the later movies, but not in the first one. And that film was really messed up. It is. They spend the first half of the movie having incredibly violent sex, mm-hmm. and then in the second half of the movie, Bella is pregnant with a parasite baby, and at the end of the movie, Jacob the werewolf imprints on the baby to become his mate when she's older. So that's the fourth one. That's the fourth. Oh, there's a third one? Yeah. Hang on, there's five Twilight movies. There's five. Okay, yeah. well, okay, I already... <laughs> <laughs> there was one in between the second one and the and the pregnancy one. Yes, because there's four books, but the fourth book was two movies. Oh. So there's five movies. Well, that explains why they jump ahead in plot so much. Yes, that I didn't watch why. the last... I don't know how the series resolves. And I don't care. Yeah, the answer is... Not worth it. Why did we choose to watch Twilight for First of Lust? I think it falls in our remit. It does. It's a it's a teen paranormal romance. So this sort of this we're in the demographic of of Greece. Um, yes, Greece is a better movie. Aww. No spoilers. I but. was watching this and I was longing for the days of Greece. Good times. So, would you like me to go through the plot real quick? Yeah, I think you're best qualified to do this because you've read the books too. Okay, um, I think the books and the movies, from what I remember, are like spot on the same plot. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. there's not a lot of changes. There's a lot of cuts, but not a lot of actual edits. Okay, that's interesting. Before we move on to the plot then, because if, if it's very similar, did the fans like the movies? Because often I find that fans complain when the books change things or eliminate things. Oh. Were the fans, like into both of them? I wasn't very tapped into the fandom ever. As I said, I was like I was into the books for a very short period of time, mm-hmm. so I never got involved in like the fan culture. But as far as I know, the movies were fairly well received. Yeah. So the plot is a uh, teenager, I think she's 16, teenager Bella Swan moves from Arizona to Forks, which is in the Pacific Northwest, because her mother and her mother's uh, boyfriend, new husband. Yeah. Um, I want to go on the road because her, the mother's boyfriend is uh, a professional baseball player and needs to be touring. So Bella decides to go live with her father, who's the sheriff of a small town in, in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. She starts at a new school, immediately makes a couple of friends. With Anna Kendrick. With Anna Kendrick. Best character. Absolutely. And then is assigned a lab partner called Edward, who is immediately weird to her. Um, yeah, super rude. He's super rude and weird to her, and we'll get back to that later. But over the course of having to be lab partners with him and him being weird at her, she starts to think that there's something just off about him as a person, that, like, it's not her 
who's being off-putting. Mm-hmm. He's a weirdo. He is. And she starts trying to, like, dig into what that might be. She almost gets hit by a car, and he saves her life by, like, moving impossibly fast to jump in front of her and stop the car with his hand and, like, dent the side of the car. And that's when I've she... I've done that before. Uh, that's why I made do. such a big... T- I'm always saving teenage girls... From oncoming cars, and mm-hmm. I never get so much as a thanks. Uh, so she starts Googling stuff, and then starts Googling some legends of the area, eventually determines that he's a vampire, tells him that she's figured this out, and they start dating. She's correct, he is a vampire, for any of the uninitiated. <laughs> um, he's start... a vampire technically, but in spirit, is he really? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's a parasite, that's for sure. Yeah, he's a fuckboy, is what he is, Shannon. <laughs> yes. Let's say it as it is. Yes. Fuckboy Edward Cullen then introduces Bella to his family. And then when they're all playing a game of baseball, which we will return to yep. later, some evil vampires show up, and one of them decides that he he thinks it will be fun to hunt Bella for sport. Do we know these evil vampires? No. We've Not seen them in one hardly. scene eat a guy. But we don't know them, we don't care about them, we barely know their names. They're just fashion-forward evil vampires who want to play a game of baseball. Yep, and want to kill Bella. And then the rest of the plot is given over to them trying to hide Bella from the evil vampires, and then one of them trying to kill her, and Edward saves her. And then they rip apart the evil vampire and burn all the pieces. Yep. And that's the end of the story. Yeah, at the end Oh, and then they go to prom. Yeah, they go to prom and she... Um, tells us, the audience, that she wants to be a vampire. Yeah. Which, like, fair. Yeah. Because in that fight, she was really useless, just, yeah. like, lying there dying. Yeah. And the others were having a great time ripping this guy's head off, slicing him, slashing him, sucking him. His blood. <laughs> his blood from his neck. Were they? Yeah. Well, no. They, they like, like, Edward bit his neck and, like, ripped a part of it off. That's it. He, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had two cats that did that with each other they didn't actually go through with the whole ripping the throat thing they would go at it so that's the plot of twilight it is light on plot there's a lot of the bit where i say like edward's behaving oddly and bella starts to notice weird things about him is a large chunk of the plot yeah it's most of the middle of the film uh, it takes ages, and this is as he... He also saves her from some guys who are harassing her. Yeah, that was... I don't remember that. They have a couple, like, super awkward dates before she knows that he's a vampire. He stands in her room and watches her sleep. Yes, that happens several times. So, yeah, so that's the plot. I remember there being a lot more plot. I think I just remembered in my I think I just imagined more plot with the evil vampires, but I think this is based on my knowledge of the Illuminati vampires who I loved and cared deeply about. And they don't show up until book two. Two. Yeah, the end of book two. Can I just say, I know that we're not going to talk about the Illuminati vampires, but they are legit. <laughs> They're legit vampires. They wear red cloaks. Michael Sheen is one of them. <laughs> Dakota Fanning, I believe, is one of yes, them. Yes, she is. There's another one who I don't know. Uh, he is a Canadian sci-fi television star. He was in Stargate. Oh, of course, that guy. Very big fan of him as a child. <laughs> his first name is Christopher. I cannot pronounce his surname. They're amazing. I don't understand what they're saying. They live in the Vatican. They have amazing makeup skills. Yeah. I love it. Shout out to Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, friend of the podcast. Yep. He listens in. <laughs> yeah. We know he does. Michael and Sheen, we're a fan. He's clicked on this one thinking that we might talk about him, but we're only talking about the first movie. But listen, we value your contributions to the Twilight franchise. You were a great Illuminati vampire. Yeah, agreed. You were the best vampire. Michael Sheen's vampire, Illuminati vampire, alone is blessed. Yeah, yeah. This one is maybe the, one of the only redeeming features about the uh, movie franchise. Yeah. So congratulations, Michael. Anyway. <laughs> Before we get into anything serious, let's just say that we're not... This is not your grandmother's Twilight review. We're not here to go after teen girls. Mm. That'd be creepy. There's... Okay, I, I liked it as a teen girl. People who were in the target demographic enjoyed it. The books were written in a compelling way and easy 
to binge read. Yeah, I would like snicker at the franchise but still watch the movies. Mm -hmm. Like, they were engaging for all intents and but they had a very nice aesthetic. And I think we should come right out and say that we are not here to hate on Kristen Stewart or Robert Pattinson. Oh my god, they're so, especially Kristen Stewart, she's so good, she's such a good actress. Yeah. Nothing that's bad about Twilight is Kristen Stewart's fault. No. And I think she got a lot of shit for it. But as we talked about while we were watching it, we ended up having to turn on the subtitles because so much of the dialogue was mumbled. Yeah, um, here's some of the dialogue. How about I be Bella and you be Edward? Okay. Edward, are you a vampire? Bella, you're, you're like my own personal brand of heroin. But, but I, I love you. I, I, <laughs> I need to be with you. But I, I want to kill you. And if you if you had to turn your volume up to listen to that speech from us, that's why we turned the subtitles on. And turning on the subtitles, I think, was illustrative because it gives you a sense of, like, what the words on the page might have looked like that yeah. the actors were given. Yeah. And it, it just feels like a situation where Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson were both quite young when they were in these roles, fairly new to the industry. I think, yeah. Kristen Stewart more so. New to the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think Robert Pattinson had already done Harry Potter at this point. Yes, but as a teen. As a teen, yeah. They didn't really have any of the clout that say... Like, there's lots of of tales of of Harrison Ford on the set of Star Wars, the original Star Wars, just ad-libbing and changing the lines to make them flow more naturally. And Carrie Fisher doing the same. They had fun characters to do that with. They had fun characters to do that with, but also had the confidence to just sort of slightly edit the lines as they were speaking. But if you're young and new at this, you're going to read the lines as they're given, and some of them are just bad. There's just no saving them. Yep. Such as, you're my own personal brand of heroin. (laughs) (laughs) How do you say that in a way that's not ridiculous? And they have to say it so seriously. There's I'm going to no... start using that on dating apps from now on. <laughs> They'll be like, hey, hey babe, what's up? And I'll be like, you're my own personal brand of heroin. <laughs> see how that goes for me. Okay, I felt for them, I really did. Yeah. Like, just like struggling. <laughs> yep. To make these sound like human speech. Is that how this dialogue was in the books too? I, it's been so long since I've read them that I can't say that for certain, but I I wouldn't be surprised, but I can't come down hard on whether or not that's true. But the thing about Edward is he's he's so suave. So suave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so these vampires are weird AF vampires. Yes, we've taken some liberties with vampire lore, which is fine, vampire lore- it, it's fine to take liberties. Vampire lore is vast. It's a pick and mix kind of scenario. But I think these vampires have it too good. They do. There's a bit where, you've probably seen this, you're probably aware of it from people talking about it in like the mid-noughties. If this vampires, okay, with usual vampires, classic vampires mm-hmm. that you've heard of before from before Twilight, usually, not always I would imagine, but usually have some sort of allergy to sunlight. They get sizzled. Mm-hmm. And, and set on fire and shit. Mm-hmm. If these vampires step into the sunlight, they sparkle. And this was the huge thing that everyone, everyone was complaining about mm-hmm. with Twilight in the beginning. But they, that is, they have it too easy. Yeah. Because it would be so easy to just develop a look with like a wide-brimmed hat, big sunglasses, turtleneck trench coat. Yeah. Which is generally fine all seasons in the Pacific Northwest. Like, they don't live that far from Vancouver, where we lived for two years. And it's like, the vampires are all pale, but so are all white people in Mm -hmm. the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. There's no sunlight. It would be easy, even on a sunny day in the Pacific Northwest, to go out with a wide-brimmed hat on. Yeah. Looking like a hipster. Yeah. And not have any ill effects. So it, like, they get all of the superpowers without any of the drawbacks. And speaking of superpowers, these fucking vampires get spare powers. They do. Oh, each of them a different one, right? Each of them not only has the vampire powers of being, like, immortal, super fast, super strong, they also have some fucking superpower. Yeah, one of them can see the future, which seems too much. That's a lot. Alice. Yeah, and Edward can read minds. And I know the other ones have powers, but I don't know what they are. They can survive on animal blood. 
Like, I think they prefer, or they, they would prefer human blood, but they can survive in human society because they hunt deer. That's too much. That, again, like, it just takes away all the drawbacks. I mean, we today had a very long protracted protect discussion about, like, would you rather be a werewolf or a vampire? And I was imagining in my head, like, Dracula-style vampires, and I was just thinking, there's too many downsides for me in my life. I don't want to avoid the sun, I don't want to, like, constantly want to eat people, I don't want to look like I'm wasting away or be technically dead and all of this and have to live alone in a cool castle. Like, I don't want that. Um, so I'd be a werewolf instead, even though that would also suck. But if I could be a Twilight vampire, mm -hmm. probably would say yes. Because you get to be immortal, you can eat animals mm -hmm. and have a superpower. Oh, and what, I sparkle in the sun. People wear sparkles all the time. People wear glitter all the time. Mm -hmm. Every day is Mardi Gras. Yeah. The fact that they just have these, like, extra powers, it does just make a vampire... Being a vampire seem like a net good. Yeah. Like, but they still act like they're Dracula vampires. They're all like... Like, Edward is like, I'm not gonna turn you into a vampire. You can't live this curse. Like, what curse? What curse? Your immortal can read minds, are very rich... And yeah. are, he's not, he doesn't even have the doomed to a solitary existence thing that vampires generally have in literature, because he's got all these friends. All these friends. And they go to, like, whenever they move town, ugh, whenever they move town, all these kids, I say kids, they're like hundreds of years old, but they look like they're maybe 18 to 25 mm -hmm. as a group. They get to go, they have to go to high school, because if they go to high school, then they can stay longer in the town. But yeah, if they start in, like, senior year of high school, then it, people get suspicious later, and then they move. Yeah. And also, okay, here's a question I have. So, the the main daddy of this family, <laughs> yeah. and I know it's cursed of me to call him the main daddy, <laughs> but he is. Yeah. First of all, he's called Carlisle. Yeah. That's the name of a town in the UK, and not the name of anything else, to my knowledge. Carlisle's fine, but it's not like a glam- it's not Edinburgh or London, mm -hmm. it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's like calling a vampire Peterborough. Carlisle is, is a human name in North America. Oh, well, oh, really is it? Okay. <laughs> it's a human name that people have. <laughs> when, I, when I first heard this dude, this clown was called Carlisle, I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was just talking to our friend Annie the other day, mm -hmm. and she was saying, it's crazy how he's called that. Because in the mind of us Brits, it's like, just interchange that with any, like, northern town. Any town name. He could have been called Preston, which mm. is a name. And also a town, but no, call him Doncaster. <laughs> uh, this, is our, this is our dad, the secret sexy doctor vampire, Doncaster. <laughs> this is our dad, Cleethorpes. This is our dad, Grimsby. Hi, have you met my daddy's called Skegness? Have <laughs> <laughs> oh, you met my dad, Tadcaster? <laughs> anyway, his deal. <laughs> He's a doctor and he saves, I think it's not just Edward, I think it's all of them. He saves them if they're dying. Yeah. So like, Edward had Spanish, Spanish flu, flu and then got turned to a vampire to save his life. So everyone should be on high fucking alert. Mm -hmm. If you get the coronavirus... And a really sexy doctor comes into your house, <laughs> bearing his teeth. He's gonna try and make you a vampire. Yeah. Just say, just say no. Yeah. Just, just say no. Say no to vampirism. Say you'll end up in his very boring vampire coven. And you'll probably be fine if you have enough vitamin C. But I just don't think it's a good idea to join this family. It's just weird. They're fucking weird. And also, okay, like they made a whole deal out of Edward was dying of Spanish influenza. So were a lot of people. Yeah. How did he, why did he selectively, was it because he was attractive? Is that, did he pick the hot dying people? I, I'm. You have to assume so because all of his children are attractive. If it was explained in the books, I don't remember it. It might have been, but it's been almost a decade since I read them. Yeah. So I don't know, but the movie, and since, since we're talking about the movie, <laughs> the movie just makes it seem like Edward was the only person dying of Spanish influenza. <laughs> it seems like he was on a regular hospital ward too. Like yeah. when you see pictures of Spanish influenza, it's like many people lining down hospital wards, like in beds. Someone yeah. would have noticed. Him Unless they were too, like, hallucinating on the fever or something. I don't know. Maybe Carlisle is part of a Dr. Vampire ring. And they all went to the pub and they were like, hey, the Spanish flu yeah. we've got going on. 
got a lot of handsome dudes in this ward. Mm-hmm. It's time to get some sons. It's time to get some boys. Let's all let's all adopt some children. <laughs> all these soldiers from the war who've come back from the trenches of Spanish flu. They're pretty hot. Let's adopt them. Yeah. Let's all suck their blood. No. Did they? Yeah, but you're right. Was it just Carlisle? Or yeah. is this like a thing with vampires? This How many a... vampires are in this world? There's quite a few based on the later books. Yeah. But we don't get a clear sense of, of numbers. But it, it's definitely not rare. I mean, the Illuminati vampires are like the vampire council. Yeah. So they're, they're, they've got to be fairly numerous to have political leadership. That's true. They had that meeting and there's like a lot of them. Yeah. So, yeah, there's got to be a lot of them. And are they going to be okay if Carlisle's just wandering around in the middle of a busy hospital ward, chomping on necks? That, that can't be up to code. Yeah. And also, let's say hypothetically, you're sick. Yeah. That means your blood is probably not very tasty to vampires. Yeah. You know where I got this idea from? I do. BBC's Dracula. <laughs> where Van Helsing nun oh. has cancer, or at least her ancestor has cancer. They share a psychic bond. I'm not going to go into it. It's oh. stupid. BBC Dracula is bad. Don't watch it. It's caused this household pain. Dracula tries to drink her blood and is like... Ew, gross. Is this cancer blood? Gross. And then he dies. And then he dies. Spoilers well, no. for BBC Dracula. He does He does sort of like commit suicide at the end because he's like, I know you've got cancer blood, but boy, are you sexy. So I'm just going to go out in one final blowout. And I'm going to have sex with you and drink your blood uh, and die of blood of cancer. So why is Carlisle, if these vampires follow the same rules, why is he going around draining the blood of the mortally... Even more importantly, we can learn from BBC's What We Do in the Shadows. Oh my god. I don't think it's a BBC show, we just watch it on the BBC. I don't know, I think it, is it FX? Oh it is, it's It's FX. FX FX is What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. If you're in the UK, you can find it on BBC iPlayer. I highly recommend you watch it, it is the best vampire thing. I don't really care about vampires, but I deeply care about what we do in the shadows. Okay, what we do in the shadows, there's a movie of it which came first, and then there's a TV show, which, and both are good, but I would die for any of the characters in the TV show. (laughs) The TV show is the only valid vampire content. I want them all to walk on me. (laughs) What we do in the shadows vampire, Nandor the Relentless, in one of the episodes, drinks the blood of someone who's high. And then gets high himself. And he says, we drank drug blood, and now I am a wizard. (laughs) Got like a traffic cone on his head. It's the best show on television. Please, please, please watch what we do in the shadows. If you take anything away from this episode, it's watch what we do in the shadows. Watch the the film first, get the vibe, and if you enjoy the film, binge the TV show. Binge it. And then watch it three times over. I think I'm on third or third or fourth rewatch. Yeah. I never do this. Although I might look on Love is Blind. <laughs> but yeah, having watched what we do in the shadows and then switching to Twilight is like, for fuck's sake, mm-hmm. Carlisle, why do you be this way? <laughs> he should be catching stuff from all this blood he's drinking. He sh- exactly. I and don't... then he should be giving it to other people whose blood he drinks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how all the other ones died. I think one of them was a soldier of some kind. Yeah. My memory is very hazy of the books. Yeah. Eventually you get all of their backstories in the books. They're all mm-hmm. of various ages. Some of them are, are quite old. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the ones who talk the least in the movie, Rosalie and Emmett, I think are the oldest ones. And I think Jasper is the youngest Yes, because he had a harder time controlling his urges. Yes, but I don't remember how any of them died. Yeah. Uh, And they don't show them in this movie. They may show them in later movies, but we only watched the first one because... So we only know Edward. We're dedicated to this podcast, but not five movies of Twilight dedicated. And also, let's be clear, we weren't planning to watch Twilight. We tried to watch Space Jam, but we we couldn't get it. Apart from one website that was glitching, so. Yeah, Netflix let us down and made us watch Twilight instead of Space Jam, and and boy was that a come down. Yeah, but okay, here's the thing that I was going to say that is crazy about Carlisle, Mm. is that he seems 
it, okay, it's implied that he matchmakes, right? So, like, all of the vampire children, apart from Edward, come in pairs. There's, like, romantic couples. And one of them says something to the effect of, like, well, Carlisle turns us kind of based on romantic pairing. I don't remember that. Did they say that? It's like, yeah, he's he's quite a matchmaker. He, he turns us... Oh, so, no, that's one of the humans. Oh, the humans, Anna yeah. Kendrick says that to Bella. Well, no, but then I she think says, it's implied... She says, like, he, they're all his foster kids. He must be quite the matchmaker. It's kind of weird that they're all coupled True, up. True, but then I think one of the vampires says something about, like, them being turned for one another. Oh. There might be a lag. So, like, obviously Edward was turned, mm-hmm. uh, we would assume, in the early 1900s. Yeah. Um, 1920s? 1918 Mm -hmm. onwards, I think. And then, so there might be a lag, like, you know, maybe Carlisle's been waiting for someone else to... But I can't remember, is... Carlisle doesn't have a really big hand in in matchmaking with Edward and Bella. No, I don't think he's involved. That's more just an Edward thing, because of the pregnancy. Yeah. And, like, oh, you mean in turning Bella into a vampire? Yeah. Yeah, that's... That doesn't happen till the last book. Can I, think. I just say I would hate if my vampire daddy found someone for me, turned them into a vampire, yeah, and I was stuck with them forever. Yeah, for eternity. Like daddy, no. Ugh. That's just the worst kind of arranged marriage. Yeah. For immortals. Well, and, and, and also, these kids go around calling themselves the Cullens, because mm-hmm. I assume that's Carlisle's surname, but we, everyone knows they're all together, but mm-hmm. they go around to schools pretending they're fostered, else mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick wouldn't have said that. Yeah. Why do they need to be a family, you know? Yeah. Maybe that would explain them all living together, but that sort of makes it more more fishy in my head. Yeah, and especially, like, okay, the younger you start at a new place, the longer you can stay, but why do all of them need to start in high school? Yeah, because some of them look a bit older. Some of them look like they're in, they're in their 20s. There's so many of them who look older that you wouldn't necessarily have to do that. And yeah, like their house work in shops and offices and that. Their house is so out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That... No one's going to question if they all live together because nobody knows because no one's been to their house. So who cares? Yeah, who cares? And they're not really integrating with the town, really. No. Because they're they're being all fishy, which they don't need to be because they look like regular humans. Yep, they're fishy, staying to themselves, not interacting with anyone, pretending to be foster siblings, but also dating each other. And in high school again. Yeah. So that's the Collins. <laughs> but should we talk about the werewolves? Yeah, we should. So the werewolves, I remember having a stronger presence in the first book. But I could be wrong, I did read all the books at once. I thought they had a stronger presence in the first movie, but I think I'm conflating that with the second movie, which is mostly about werewolves. Yes. So there, there's werewolves in this. And I think this is one of the major cursed elements of the entire series. Yeah, 100%. And one that I didn't hear get talked about at all at the time when I was a teen. Yeah. Um, it really got looked over in in favor of just talking about sparkly vampires bad. Yeah. Which I think is far less relevant to the the cultural appropriation and the racism happening in the story. Yes. Uh, and, and to be honest, it didn't twig with me that that's what was going on. I didn't... At the time, I didn't notice either. Mm-hmm. It's... So the, the werewolves are barely in this first movie, but uh, Taylor Lautner plays... Jacob Black, who is, we find out in the second book slash second movie uh, that he's a werewolf. Yeah, um, but it's, we don't know for sure in the first movie. It is heavily implied Yeah, um, that Jacob is part of a werewolf group. And before we forget, again, the werewolves have it way too easy. They can choose whenever they want to turn into a wolf. They don't turn into a creepy man wolf, they just turn into a sick giant wolf that can telepathically communicate with other wolves whenever they want not at the full moon and they can jump and they're strong yeah like it's sick everyone has too many powers in this series. There's like zero drawbacks to being a werewolf yeah so it, it is just basically appropriating indigenous 
legends from the area in a, a fairly clumsy way. Yeah. Um, the entire indigenous community that Jacob is a part of are in this franchise. They're all werewolves. Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, which is not good. No. And it, it like it, there's not there's not a lot of nuance to be had here. It's racist. Yeah. It it just is. It just is. Jacob himself has very little role to play in the first. He's just giving her exhibition and being, like, sweet. Yeah. Like a nice friend who she knew from childhood kind of deal. He's in the book more, but the book is quite long. There's the whole love triangle that happens later. Uh, obviously, the the main takeaway many people have from Twilight is Team Jacob, Team Edward. Um, Elise put a poll up I did. on Instagram. Yeah, I want to know today. if people, like, in the cold light of day in 2020 were Team Edward or Team Jacob, because everyone had a side back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was Team Jacob because he was a nicer person and not possessive, but then I was a bit like, oh, the whole imprinting the baby thing is disgusting. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, so is everything that Edward does. So the poll was 70% Team Jacob and 30% Team Edward. Four people voted for Edward. Edward. Okay, these are all nice people. Respect to you. Um, hi, Cassandra, my old roommate. Hello. <laughs> uh, but most people were Jacob fans, and I can kind of see why, because he's more affable. He's, he is. Especially, especially during the first two books, he just is nicer. He cares about her. He's her age. Yeah, and like the, I think when reading the books, I was probably Team Edward because I knew he was gonna win. I knew she'd end up with Edward. Ah, oh, you were following the narrative. I was following the narrative to their final conclusion. Because uh, because I foolishly assumed that the Team Jacob Team Edward thing was like a prediction, <laughs> <laughs> and not like a preference. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was a whole meme at the time that Edward was, like, constantly shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, w- I was thinking the other day, like, we were talking about the legacy of Twilight, and I was like, no, I think everyone was making Twilight jokes, but I don't think I really went that hard on it. But then I remembered. I don't know if I've shown you these videos that I put on YouTube. Mm. No, I, I didn't put them on there, but they're on there. Um, okay, my English teacher always made groups of us do, like, in secondary school, videos on certain topics just mm-hmm. so we could get I don't know it's like a media thing as well as an English thing so me and this group of girls we <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we made these like puppet videos and they're horrifying you can find them I'm gonna promote them right now if you go on YouTube and search the first one is Dora takes an English exam oh I've seen these you yeah sure to me. no that's the second one okay the first one is some, well, it's on the same channel, but it's about, um, the homework was to make a promotional video so that England could host the World Cup, the Football World Cup. So I did a Doctor Who episode with puppets, um, and it's horrifying. But the second one we did was about teaching people different modes of writing, so like description, explanation, persuasion, that kind of thing. And we did it in the style of a Dora the Explorer episode, and then we had, like, I don't know, don't ask why, one of the scenes in these movies was always at Hogwarts and we had my friend Carrie be Harry Potter and she would talk like this I'm Harry Potter I'm a wizard la 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 and he was just like she didn't know Harry Potter she was just saying wizard things and we we had a fight between Edward Cullen the puppet and there was this like cardboard puppets and the Harry Potter puppet with my friend Carrie who doesn't know anything about the two franchises and we were like oh I'm Edward I'm a team heart from watch me sparkle <laughs> so clearly I was making these jokes yeah. <laughs> like the evidence is right there on YouTube and I don't know the password to that account so none of us can take it down but they've got thousands of views probably very confused people I guess that maybe is a window to talking about like some of the discourse about Edward. <laughs> this is like it's been it's been done, it's been talked about, but some of it is I think worth revisiting. Yeah, and I think some of the criticism is like valid but takes the wrong tone. Yeah. I think it's very valid criticism that Edward is over a hundred years old and Bella is sixteen. He's and posing it, as a high school student. Yeah. So there's a line in the movies that I think tries to gloss this over. Mm. And she says, How old are you? And he says, Seventeen. And she says, How long have you been seventeen? And mm. he 
doesn't really answer, but what it's trying to do is gloss over the fact that he's fully, he's like 103 or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, he's over 100 years old, and she is a minor. Yeah. And I know the the books are, are real careful about the fact that, like, she's she turns 18 and then they get married. And then they and, immediately have violent sex. Yeah. But I don't think that is the excuse that the books clearly think that it is. Yeah. Like, he, he is so much older than her. Yeah. And it, it only gets more terrifying the further away from 16 I get. <laughs> like, okay, so let's do a hypothetical. Okay. Okay. You are not a teen. Mm. You're 25. 25 yeah. is my age, yes. And let's say I'm a sexy vampire who is, I don't know, a transfer worker. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I've just joined your company. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, we're here now. Okay. Yeah. But we're discussing the fact that I'm a vampire. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Shannon. So, as you know, I'm a vampire, and with that comes the implication of it, like, I'm an immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm way older than you. I am, uh, my birthday is, um, I don't know, 10th of April, 1602. Okay. So I am very old. I'm more than 600 years old. Yeah. That's not true. I'm more than 400 years old. And I'm so old that I've forgotten how to do math. (laughs) The thing they never tell you about, like, immortality is that you just get more dumb at maths. Yeah. Because you realise how you never use maths. Like, I learned algebra in Tudor school for Tudors. Yeah. I have not fucking touched it since. (laughs) You know what I've got now? A calculator. (gasps) I need to touch numbers anyway I've gotten on a tangent. Um, so yeah, that is to say I'm over 400 years old. Yeah. Uh, if that's going to be a problem, we can totally, like, stop, stop seeing each other. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem with you? I don't, I don't think that now as a 25-year-old that's a problem with me. Because you're an adult and you can consent. I'm an adult and I can consent. Yes. At the age of 16, not so much. How dare you suggest <laughs> <laughs> that I would call a 16-year-old... I'm a vampire and I kill people every day, but I'm not a fucking perv. Right? Like, that's how it's done. That's yeah. how it's done. That's how Take you... notes from the vampire that I just improvised. That was an amazing vampire romance. Also, I, I think that that vampire should have a calculator watch from the 90s and still think it's great. <laughs> yeah. This vampire really hates maths. Yeah. Yeah. Um... This vampire was kicked out of school because they threw their abacus out the window. Yeah. There's plenty of paranormal romances with a large age gap. It's not the gap that's the problem. Yeah. It's how young Bella is that's the problem. Yeah. It's the fact that she's a minor. Yeah. She's not a consenting adult and he is 103. Mm-hmm. And is fucking weird. And I don't think any of this is criticism that should be leveled at Bella's character. Like, I can see a teen dating a 17-year-old looking immortal. Yeah. And being like, this is fine. Yeah. And I'm not saying that teens are wrong, but, like, you have a... You don't know, like, the implications of these things as fully as you would were you in your 20s, for example. This is is fully us casting aspersions on Edward's character. Yeah. Not on Bella's. It's grooming, and grooming is never the fault of the person being groomed. Yeah. But I feel like the criticism at the time with the media was like leveled at Bella being thirsty and weak. Yeah, and it's not Bella's fault. It's I think a little ways into the movie I mentioned that like this is it's doing all the things that a vampire novel like a say a 19th century vampire novel might do, but without the ending where everything goes to hell. Yeah. Like, usually you get sort of the young, inexperienced woman being doe-eyed over the vampire, and then the vampire ruins her life. Yeah. And everything is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the ruins her life and everything is terrible bit that never happens in this story, so it's just a great romance and everything is fine. According in the language of the film. It's encouraging teens to date vampires, and you've got to think about these things. (laughs) Yeah, what? Talk to your teen. See if they're dating a vampire. Yeah. One of my friends was dating a vampire, and I was like, come on. This is weird. If you had to date a supernatural creature, what would it be? This is the question (laughs) I have expected from you for, like, the entire fucking time I've known you, Shannon. A fairy? 
Okay, that's a good answer. Because I think that there's a chance that I would also be welcomed into the fairy society. Yeah. I could join in and Uh also become a fairy. And I like the idea of that because that seems to be a lifetime of doing pranks in the forest. Right. I don't get to change my body that much. I still get to be, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. human-looking. But I can wear sick outfits made of plants. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm an ecologist. Yeah. I've thought long and hard about, you know, mm-hmm. cool tundra plants that I could wear as clothes. I can, yeah, just go into town, steal some children, do <laughs> pranks. And again, I'm going to mention, like, I like my job. I like doing ecology. Mm-hmm. Can I still do ecology as a fairy? Yes. Can I still do, a, can I, okay, as a vampire, can I be... A tundra ecologist. No, because think about it. It's midnight sun. I can only work up there in the summer. So I go up to the Yukon or Ellesmere Island or wherever, and I am immediately on fire because the sun is burning my vampire skin. Mm-hmm. I can't do the job I love. Mm-hmm. If I'm a fairy, it's fine. Yeah. And I'm not like tied to anywhere in particular. I can go back and serve the fairy court, but. They'll let me go and do plants. It's in their interest. They care about the world. Mm. What's your answer to that question? L. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I I I've picked L because uh, sure you can't be turned into an elf, but if we go with the Lord of the Rings elves, elves, you can be bestowed immortality by the elves. Oh, sick. Um, so I can Is that remember, true? Yes. Um, Aragorn, are elves immortal? Yes, elves are immortal, and then Aragorn in Lord of the Rings is bestowed immortality. But don't at me, Lord of the Rings fans, if this isn't exactly the lore. I don't think anyone who's a diehard Lord of the I Rings... I don't. Okay, if anyone who's like a diehard Lord of the Rings fan listens to our podcast... We probably said so many things over the course of these 16 episodes that's pissed them off to heck. Yeah, that they've stopped listening for me to cast aspersions on Aragorn. Anyway, Aragorn is sort of a human, um, and he gets gifted immortality by Arwen, the, um, the elf princess, because they're in love and then they get married. Yeah. Um, so I would date an elf. Um, they've got great castles. Um, I think I would probably date, like, a... Not not like a Rivendale elf, not the fancy elves. No. Like a Mirkwood elf. I don't know what that means. Um, they live in Ikea? Yes. Um, no, the, like the forest elves who like lure travelers off the road with... Cool. Yeah. Oh, we can still hang out then because I'm living still... in the forest with all the fairies. Exactly. It's a very similar vibe yeah. to fairies stealing children, except yeah. it's elves luring travelers off the road. Yeah. So yeah, I think I would go with elves. You elf. can join my trafficking ring. Is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, this is the morally dubious supernatural creature that I would take up with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not a vampire for me personally. I just don't want anyone biting my neck. I don't even like being given hickeys. Because what's the benefit? I've always thought this mm. for the longest time. Mm. You get given a hickey. Mm-hmm. Who's that for? Yeah. Because now your neck hurts. Yeah. And the person who's given you a hickey, do they get anything out of it? Presumably. One one has to assume. But I don't want it to happen. No. And if you're living with a vampire, you're just getting hickeys all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're biting into your neck. I don't want that. Yeah. And this, it's gonna, if, you're, if you're not also a vampire, it's going to make scheduling difficult. Especially in the summer when the days are long. Yeah. Um, they can't go to parties with you. They can't go to barbecues. No. That's the nicest thing to do in the summer. Can't take you to the farmer's market. They can't, exactly. They they won't get to meet the mead monk. Exactly. So what's even the point? What's even the point? Take an elf or a fairy to the mead monk and they're going to hit it off immediately. Exactly. Of course they will. Yeah, for sure. Who are you um, kidding? Chime off in the comments. What sort of supernatural creature would you date and why? Yeah, honestly. And this, isn't, this isn't a fling. This is a long-term relationship. Like, you got to commit. Yeah, no. So you, it can't just be like a mermaid. No, you got to work out the logistics of that. If you're dating a mermaid, really think, do you live by the sea? Yeah. If you don't, do you live somewhere with canals? Mm. Are you just going to keep them in a tank in your house? Because I think that's immoral. Yeah. Um, if you're living with a centaur, fine. But think really about, think really hard about, like really, really <laughs> hard about how you're going to have sex. Yeah. 
It's a horse. And I'm saying this specifically to one person out there, and I'm not going to name names, who's, who's said things about centaurs. And I don't think you thought it through. I don't think you thought it through. Think this, about it. It's a horse. These are real questions with real implications. Real implications that are not thought through by Stephanie and Maya, but we're thinking them through for you. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll run a service. You come at us being like, hmm, should I marry a goblin? We'll tell you yes or no. Mm-hmm. Should I marry uh, um, a selkie? A selkie. Don't do it. It's a seal. That's disgusting. No, if you marry the selkie, they don't have to turn into a seal anymore. Oh, okay, do that. Because, okay, do that because it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And, to, and when I say we'll help, I'm going to say Shannon will help. <laughs> and I will tell you not to have sex with the centaur. <laughs> Please don't. It's not going to be comfortable for you. It won't be comfortable for them. Yeah. You can kiss them, but you're going to have to stand on a stool. Mm-hmm. If, if you've... I mean, okay, like, if it's a, a non-sexual relationship, that would work out. But mm-hmm. if sex is in, integral to that relationship, you need to think about it. Yeah. I don't know how many times I have to say this. <laughs> I don't know how many times, Shannon. <laughs> I just don't... We're here for all your paranormal romance Don't questions. date a dragon. Yeah. What's that relationship going to be like? They're not going to share their coins with you. Can you take that dragon home to meet your parents? How? Will they fit through your front door? Think about it. Think about it. If 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 you're living with a dragon and say you need to stockpile food for the coronavirus and you need to work from home, you can survive on some rice, some pasta, and some pasta sauce and some canned fruit. This is what we have here. A dragon? You're going to need to bring in, like... A well, herd of sheep. Exactly. And sure, the dragon can go and get on that themselves, but... A then couple of knights. You're going to have to be spending time in the dragon's apartment with all of this rotting food there. And it's fine for the dragon, but it's not fine for you, and you need to think this through. Yeah. Like, really, think about the implications. Think about what you want for your life. Like, yeah. a, a troll. Do you want to live under a bridge? Maybe the answer to that is yes, but maybe and, it's no. And are they happy to live outside of a bridge? That's a big adjustment for them. Yeah. Not saying you shouldn't do it, but you need to have these conversations early on. Mm-hmm. If you are on Love is Blind, <laughs> and someone's like, I'm a troll, mm-hmm. and you're like, that's fine, I love you, I love you unconditionally, and no matter what, let's marry me. You need to have a conversation really early on. Where are you living? In a house or under a bridge? In a house under a bridge? Can you do both? Can you do, that if it's quite compromise. a big bridge, maybe you could compromise. But then you need to get planning permissions with the council, and sometimes you shouldn't build under a bridge because that's a flood risk. Mm-hmm. There's certain types of bridges that look really cute, but they're actually the worst for floods, ones that have like lots of little archways under the bridge because they trap lots of debris, and mm-hmm. then that's really bad. It's like building a giant beaver dam for floods. Mm-hmm. And then like old historic bridges that are like that, and people build in the floodplain, which they're increasingly doing in the UK. That's like the worst place to live. And I'm always like, don't live in the house near there. Mm-hmm. So don't build a troll house there either. Mm-hmm. Consult with the council. Yeah. I can think of more examples. Yeah. If you're living with a swamp creature, please get malaria shots. You're living in a swamp. Yep. They're adapted, you're not. If you're living with a banshee, do you want that level of anxiety to always know about impending death in your community? Yeah. Is it better to not know? You gotta think about it. Are you living with a gorgon? Maybe that's easy if you're blind. If you're not, you're gonna have to wear shades all the time. Mm-hmm. And you look really cool all the time, yes, but one of those day, one of these days you're gonna forget and then you're gonna get turned into a statue and you need to think about these Can things. Can you get mirrored contact lenses? But then if they look into your eyes, then they will turn into stone as well. That's a really bad, yeah. This is a risk. Things might be working out with you and your gorgon girlfriend over messenger. Mm-hmm. On Tinder. On in the Bumble, pods. In the pods. <laughs> You're not looking her in the eyes. Because if you did, you'd know. You'd, you'd turn to stone. Please consult us. The monster, <laughs> the monster date, the human monster dating agency. Yeah. And we will respond to your requests. Yeah. Do you want to date a vampire? It depends what movie franchise is it from. <laughs> Twilight? Maybe. BBC you- Dracula? Mm, no. What we do in the shadows? That's a hard yes. That's a hard yes. <laughs> this is a really bold claim about I'm about to make. Yeah. I would happily date any of the vampires from that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, even Colin Robinson? No. <laughs> See? Too bold a claim. Don't make bold claims. 
Think about it. Think about the implications. If there's anything you've learned from this podcast, it's think about the implications of your decisions. Are you going to adopt a child? Fine. Are you going to adopt a mouse child? Think about it. <laughs> think about it. Are you going to adopt a vampire child? Are you going to adopt a werewolf child? What's going to happen? Really, like, make accommodations in your home. Make the house accessible for, for your child. Mermaid. For your mermaid. Don't just give them a regular bedroom. Their, their fins going to dry out. Don't just expect them to, like, live in the bathtub. That's a miserable life. Mm-hmm. Don't just do it because it's, like, a fun thing to do. This is a real person we're talking about here. Don't adopt a mermaid unless you live by a fresh, clean water source. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Um, Shannon, did you think Twilight <laughs> <laughs> was cursed, blessed, or blessed? Twilight was cursed. What did you think, Elise? I, yeah, I agree. It was cursed, and I was so disappointed. I really wanted it to be blessed. I wanted to have a lot of, like, sneaky, empowering things to say about Twilight. I mm. really did. It's a shame, because if if we were given the, the editing pen, there's things we could do to improve Twilight, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, immediately. It's not irredeemable, but all of the decisions that were made with what to do with the setup that they had were bad. Yeah. And it's it's a shame how, like, the cultural legacy of this is, is so strong that, like, it's difficult to make valid criticism without it seeming like you're having a go at teens. Yeah. Which is, like, a bad thing. To never have a go at teens unless they've done something wrong. I was talking to... Okay, this is a quick tangent. I was at, like, a community engagement thing last night, and I'm not going to say many details because I don't want to be, like, incriminating or anything. But, like, basically what it, I told you about this yesterday, what it resulted to was an elderly lady said some teens put a mobile phone through her letterbox, a smartphone, and, like, played some sounds through her letterbox. And she was thinking that they were picking up some sort of signal from her house, which I'm sure they weren't, but they were pranking her. And teens, that's wrong. Yeah, don't do that. I did some things when I was a teenager that were stupid. Like, I, okay, there was this, in my area, like, in the fens, it floods a lot. And when it rains, like, it's so flat, some areas just get completely washed out with water. And I made it, like, my thing one summer. During school, but towards summer, to, like, instead of walking on the path, walk through this kind of massive flooded bit of water in Mm -hmm. a field, Mm -hmm. like, back to my house. Mm -hmm. And all the kids would be like, yeah, Elise, do it, walk through the water. And I'd be like, ha ha, yeah, you know what that did? Ruin my shoes. Mm. When I was a teen, I convinced uh, a bus driver to leave our teacher behind after a field trip. And she, (laughs) uh, she had to call a cab and get a ride back to the school. I knew she wasn't on the bus, and I told the bus driver that she'd gotten on the other bus, and I had seen her as I watched her in the rearview mirror running to catch our bus pulling out of the driveway. When I was a teen, I coordinated that, like, some other kids at my school, it was a quite a big operation, put tea bags in the teacher's coffees on, like, middle period, and then another kid took the blame. Um, and I only found out about that, like, months later, after it was way too late for me to actually take the real blame. And I still feel bad about it to this day. But I don't think you should blame kids for enjoying Twilight. No, I don't think you should. Because it's tailored to them. It is. It's tailored to them and tailored very effectively. And I I don't think teen girls are to blame, but I think the criticism of Twilight should be that teen girls deserve better. Yeah. And it's not just teen girls who are reading it. I knew teen boys who read it as well. Yeah. It is targeted at teen girls, but that doesn't mean it didn't hit other demographics as well. I sort of think teen girls might be better served today. Mm. Like, it was when I was in sixth form, like, early undergrad that um, Hunger Games was really really taking off. And Mm. I think that, like, there's issues with that, but it's maybe a healthier portrayal of teen girls' agency. It does better, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I'd like to think that they're getting more. From what I hear about, like teen, uh, like shows and stuff on Netflix and whatever today, it seems like at least there are more authors who are like clued up. I mean, you're reading a book at the moment that's quite good, right? For I young am. adults. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm currently reading uh, a Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. I'm not done it yet. I'm only about two thirds of the way yeah. through, but it's. It's good fun. It's about a 
18th century bisexual teenager roaming around Europe <laughs> um, <laughs> with his best friend slash secret crush. Um, it's won a couple awards, so mm-hmm. I think I can be safe saying check it out. Yeah. Check out the first two-thirds of that book that I've read. Yeah. I started it yesterday, and I've almost done it. So. And that's another thing. I can't think of any, like, major book series that I read or, like, content that I consumed as a young adult um, that was that even remotely had any sort of, like, non-straight couple. Yeah, I definitely didn't. No, I can't actually think of... In fact, the only thing I can think of is... <laughs> It's stupid, but it's Captain Jack from Doctor for, Who. From Doctor Who, yeah, absolutely. No, this is the same for me. And sp- specifically, when they had like a sort of uh, behind the scenes uh, about the series episode mm-hmm. about the Doctor Who franchise, where um, John Barrowman, who plays Jack, out and out says that the character's a fabulous bisexual man. Yeah. And I was like, never heard that word before. And that was the first time I had heard it as well. Yeah. And it's like, if we'd read some of the books and stuff that are coming out today, this information would have been readily available to teens. And I'm glad. I'm glad that teens are, are being served better now. Yeah. I think, like, they deserve better. Yes. And, and it, it's, that's not to say no one ever got anything good out of Twilight. I'm sure they did. Like, people's personal experience of a franchise mm-hmm. does not always match with the ultimate quality of it. Yeah. And I'm sure it got a lot of people into reading and writing and that kind of thing. I'm sure there's some stellar Twilight fanfiction out there in the world. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure of it. I have not read any of it. I was not involved in the fandom, but I'm sure there's good stuff out yeah. there. Or at least, like, people's first attempts at writing that will later turn into something great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, the the movie is not good. The books are not good. And I think they're ultimately quite damaging. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate. I know, it's such a shame, because, like, a lot of the movies that we've reviewed for Cursed or Blurst are bad. But I would still recommend people watch them, because it's funny how bad they are. Mm-hmm. Or that it's obvious that they're bad. Like, mm-hmm. if someone was like oh, can I show my teen or young young teen or, like, I don't know, 12-year-old or whatever, mm. Karen or Hat, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> because they'll know it's not good. Yeah. Because they're savvy. Yeah. Um, but would I recommend the Twilight book to a teenager who hasn't come across the books or anything like that, the Twilight book or movie franchise, mm-hmm. to, like, say, a random 15-year-old? No. No, I wouldn't either. I think it might be... Yeah, definitely a moral choice of mine to, to not recommend that. It's, Which I don't like saying about content. Because I don't want to stop people watching things, but like, given the target audience, it's a no from me. Yeah, it is. And because it, it's so obviously framing everything that happens as good and romantic, it's not something like Dracula that's got a lot of like toxic relationships in it and a lot of problems, but a lot of those things are like framed kind of... A little more ambiguously. Yeah. Not to say you don't have to contextualize any works of like 18th or 19th century literature that have their own major problems. Mm -hmm. But for like a paranormal romance perspective. Right, because Count Dracula is not the romantic hero. Well, Mm -hmm. that is to say he's not the protagonist of that story. And it's made clear from what I'm aware. But, But Edward Cullen is. And he's behaving like Count Dracula... But yeah. he's framed as the good guy. Yeah. And that's just... The book is so intent on making you like Edward and making you think that he's right and that Bella is making a good choice. It feels manipulative, and the movie feels manipulative. Like, it wants you to like him. Yeah. And you shouldn't, because nothing that he does is good. Yeah. Nothing. I guess he saves her from that car. He's, yeah. But, as I mentioned, I'm always doing that. Yeah. It's so easy to save someone from a car. Anna Kendrick could have done it. Anna Kendrick is the best character in this whole (laughs) franchise. No, Michael Sheen is. No, Michael Sheen. And then Anna Kendrick. Yeah. And that's the only good you can take from Twilight, the Mm -hmm. franchise. I'm sorry, but that's the way it do be. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm saddened, but also not surprised. I'm not surprised either. Um, I I hope we have some some more blessed content coming to us in the future. I believe we are. <laughs> what are we watching next? 
It might be Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Yes, it's the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Everyone's favourite kids Disney cartoon movie that touches on the subject of religious persecution, ethnic persecution, rape, ableism. You name it, it's got it. It's got it. I love my children's movies based on Victor Hugo novels. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to Disney, back to some musicals. Um, might sing a little song or two. Uh, you know we will. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. So, if you're either new to the podcast or want to listen to more uh, sick-ass content, maybe, I don't know, hypothetically, maybe you're working from home for whatever reason. (laughs) 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 And want to... Listen, I'm not looking forward to working from home. Shannon's had to hear this track from me so Uh. many times. I'm going to go absolutely freaking crazy if that has to happen. I... I... No... So I'm going to listen to going to be listening to lots of podcasts, um, not our own one because I already hear us talk every day from when we talk with our mouths. Yeah. But like podcasts are a good time if you're bored and want to hear voices just chit chattering. So you can search for Cursed or Blurst by searching for Cursed or Blurst <laughs> into Google, and we're on every major podcasting platform. That sounds like a bold claim, and it is because we're not actually on SoundCloud because we have a feud with them, um, a legal feud. <laughs> I hope we never become famous because then SoundCloud are going to like take offence at the fact that we're shit talking them but the thing is I don't want to pay for them but you can search for us we're on Spotify Amazon mm. iTunes all sorts of various things Podbean you know whatever if you're listening to us you know where we are we're also on social media mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter theoretically theoretically <laughs> so like subscribe and follow and I hope you enjoy your weeks see you next time See you next time. Don't date a vampire.